Good evening. It'll, it'll happen when I'm in the middle of this. Um, welcome to Tuesday evening chapel. Welcome to springtime in the Rockies. It'll snow Friday, just so you know it's coming. <laughs> we are being transformed into Christ-likeness. Amen? Amen. So let's say it together. We are being transformed into Christ-likeness. And he is working in our lives in, in, in a variety of ways. One of the ways that he does that is by helping us see beyond our immediate situation. Um, the speaker this evening is going to help us understand that a little more. His name is Dr. Bill Patch. He was in Cleveland at 3 o'clock this morning and came for chapel today. So would you... <laughs> and is headed back tomorrow. Um, among, his, among the variety of ways that God's used him, he served as the president of, of Korean Nazarene University for 26 years and, uh, and is here to help us un see a new vision for what's going on in Asia. Then I, I don't usually pick out guests, but I want one, uh, one other guest, if, if that's all right. This is Lori Sutton and her three kids. She is your, she's an online student from Yakima, Washington, came to check out the spring. So would you guys welcome her? <laughs> want us to sing about the God who is indescribable, and he will help us worship him if we do that. Stand, let's sing. You are worthy, Heavenly Father. You are worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Holy Spirit, of all that we can offer and all that we can praise, all that's within us and more. Please accept what we have to give. Use it for your sake. Shape us into your likeness. Encourage us as we serve. Help us to see what, who it is that you want us to be and what it is that you want us to do for your sake. For you're worthy of all that we can do. We give you praise. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are created. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. It's always good to be back in school, isn't it? That was a little less exciting. Well, I uh, have spent all my life in educational places. I'm one of those, uh, the last part of my life, of course, I was giving the tests rather than taking them. But uh, we serve a God who is alive, who is impacting the world around us. And uh, I'm here tonight to just talk to you for a few moments. I've been warned not to go over. So what is the theories of holiness is up next or something? Or something, doctrine of holiness? And I remember telling our guest speakers coming in, now remember we have class, so we'll be very good tonight. How's that? Uh, let's start off with a, uh, 
a beautiful uh, little video about the cities of the world that uh, hopefully we can challenge you a little bit about tonight. All right? Please start it. Thank you.
Amen. Greater things still to be done. Uh, we have, oftentimes, we have the, uh, those who are the false prophets who are saying that God is dead, the church has no opportunities. We've had missionaries, I've heard one missionary say, there's nothing left to do. And I thought, what? I have so many things to do right now, I, you know, I don't have time to even think about it. <laughs> Greater things to be done. But the great challenge of, is facing us, a real great challenge. Most of the world is now living in cities. Historically, except perhaps in the New Testament where Christianity actually began in the cities, Christianity has not done very well in the cities. Look at our cities here in America. You take our beloved church, our own Zion, our own arm of God. We've tended to move out of the cities, into suburbia, into the rural areas. But that's not where the people are. That's not where the ones who need to be saved, the greatest percent, live in the cities. Sometimes we think that missions is fairly a rather new thing, maybe from when Christ said, go ye into all the world. But really from the very beginning, God has been on a redemptive chase of his disobedient creation. And all down through, in fact, the whole issue for Abraham and the other leaders that were accounted righteousness because of their faith in him were to set up a kingdom who honored God, who were like a light on a hill that would become a priesthood to all other nations, not to withdraw and become ethnically centered, but to stand as an example of a nation dedicated to God, the Creator. And so in a real sense, I feel, you know, our Jewish brothers failed him. But we know they're not alone, don't we? We know we're part of that failure. Down through the Middle Ages, you know, there were some special brothers groups of the great Catholic Church, for instance, who were, went out to mi on mission trips and went clear into China, clear up into uh, Scotland and Ireland and in spite of the rest not contacting society, hiding in monasteries. And then we come down into the 20th century. And uh, now I'm a little opinionated. You're allowed to do that in Korea. See, when you get gray hair like I have, in Korea you can do just about jelly well as you please. But you know, friends, I, you know, I almost feel like apologizing to you for my generation, where we somehow communicated to you, the younger generation, that as long as we are be, uh, behind our four walls, our churches we call it, on a given Sunday morning, that that's the extent of our Christianity. 
And friends, I'm here to tell you tonight, very quickly tonight, that Christianity is not in our buildings. Christianity is in the society around us. And all through my generation, we said basically to the people around us, come to church. I don't know, some of you who are a little bit more mature, <clears throat> do you remember the contest we used to have? Hmm? Winning feathers and, you know, I can think of a whole bunch of different things. And whole purpose was to bring them to church. Now, I like to say that my purpose was a little bit more honorable than that. But I wanted to win the prize, didn't you? <laughs> Lord, help us. I'm suggesting, and forgive me if this is too straight, but we pulled into our four walls and said, come to our church. Come in here. And oh, by the way, when you come, we do things a certain way. Would you mind doing them that way with us? And we pulled in and, and we let society go to hell. And now today we're wondering why they're in the media, why everybody hates us. I can't seem to understand that, our misunderstanding, because we haven't shown them the relationship of Jesus Christ that we have individually. I'm talking about discipleship this morning, folks. This morning. See, I don't know where I am. <laughs> Three o'clock this morning. It was just too early. What was the last? You know, I like motorcycles. Yes, even at my age, I know I'm seeing Al and a few other things, but... So I, I don't have a hard time coming to a conversation with people about bikes, okay? And I know people who have certain cars they like, and they don't seem to have any trouble coming to conversations about their cars. They drive people nuts with it. Oh, how I wish for you, our 21st century church, you begin in love driving people nuts about Jesus Christ. Sharing that love, not by what you say, but how we live. Reaching outside the church, going to homes, having... I was on deputation in Maine. Now that's pretty God-forsaken up there. And I was sitting there in a cheese place. They had all the cheeses. That was the name of the, the cheese house. And I went by that, and I backed the whole way back up the road illegally to get a piece of cheese. <laughs> and you know, I was there, and a guy came in, big guy, big bruiser. And I thought, well, he's either a bike rider or a truck driver. He just took one look at him. Well, he's a truck driver. And he was sitting there, his head down. And I said to him, it's none of my business, but it looks like your son hasn't come up yet this morning. He broke out crying. You see, his wife told him if he left with that rig one more time, she was gone. So I talked to him.
he found Christ at the cheese house. What did I do? Nothing. Nothing. I shared something that was so valuable in my life that made me want to get up in the mornings to see the sunshine. And that's all that I did. He did all the rest, discipling. Well, our church has gotten into a tremendous program, I think. In Asia, you have over 60% of the world's population. Now imagine this if you can. There are about 104 cities in Asia that have a million plus people in them. There are a few of those cities that say they have somewhere around 3%. But if you look at the list of the cities, probably it's less than 1% for most of them. They have not heard. And so I'm here tonight to just challenge you about sharing your faith, but also telling you that this is the 21st century. The church is out there. The church is in cities. The church is in places where you can't even go and say, I'm a Christian. You have to wait and have them ask you, what, 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 what are you about? What are you, why are you so different? Then you can all open all four barrels, but not until they ask. That's all through China, for instance. The program is simply this. In all those cities, they have opened, everybody in the world wants to learn English. That's the world trade language. Everyone wants to learn English. So they opened their doors and brought in young people. Before, they started this about 15 years ago, bringing in young people to teach in their schools. But they just brought in anyone who applied. And they brought with them their drugs and sexual behaviors that was even alien in their own culture, in that culture. And so now, they are asking for people from Christian organizations because they want you to come and live an ethical life in front of their students. Now, isn't that something? My daughter's a pediatrician. She got a call from an uh, Islamic person. She said, is this uh, Dr. Pat, uh, D. Camilla? And she said, yes. She says, are you a Christian? Tanya says, yes, I am. She says, I have all sorts of things in my office that tell you, will tell you that if you want to come get some. And she said, no, I don't want to know anything about it. I just want to know if you're a real Christian or not. And Tanya said, Jesus is the center of my life. And she said, the Islamic mother said, great. I'll bring my kids. I know I can trust you. You see what I'm saying? We're on the inside track, folks, for the 21st century. Now the church is saying, hey, in this city where, you know, in these cities, there are approximately point." Eight billion people. I, I can't put that in my. Can you touch those kind of figures? Now Obama's talking about trillion. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> do you know that there are 1.4, almost one and a half 
billion students in Asia whose adult teachers and parents want people to come in and teach them English. And these young people, elementary, middle, and secondary schools have not heard the name of Jesus. Now, folks, is that striking a, a wire or a cord or something in you? Huh? Or, or are we dead already? Or no, I, no, that's not right. Do you sense what God is opening up for us to do? Well, in the back back there, there is, is information how you can apply if you have a degree. Doesn't matter, BS, BA, whatever degree you have, it, they want you to sign a year contract with some nation in Asia to teach English as a second language. You'll be maybe the only Christian in a city where you can put the rest of the Christians in that city in your hand. What an opportunity to change this world for Jesus Christ. You see, God's a missional God. You know, there's more people alive today, right now, than's ever been on this whole planet before. God knows this. He doesn't want them all to go to hell. He was opening up all sorts of avenues for you. The modern day preacher, he has to preach good sermons, but I pray his ministry is out there on the streets. I pray that as you graduate, I notice you, you're relaxed. They're almost done, huh? <laughs> Ready to go, huh? Well, I hope you have to buy new shoes often because it's out there where the world is. It's out there where Jesus is. And I'm afraid that sometimes Jesus may not be in our churches, in our church buildings as we call them. He's out there working with the lost, trying to bring them back to him. Well, I've tried to give you an overview of, in the back there are, there's a table there. There are papers on the bottom of the papers. There, are, there is an email address. If you uh, feel that God wants you to be involved in today's world, out there somewhere, take that address. They tell you all about the program, answer your questions, and actually has an application in the process. All right? God bless you. Sorry I didn't have more time, but God bless you. Most of the time, this is the time when we sing a song response, but I want to do something a little different. Um, you're, you're speaking to a room full of people whose hearts are in tune with God I sense and the that. mission for that. But I'd like us to bless uh, Dr. Patch and also all of the people that he's been reaching and all of the people that will be reached because some will go and teach. So would you stand with me? And I want us to uh, pray this prayer of blessing. And if you would, extend your hand this way. Let's bless.
in, in these few moments, God, you've given us the privilege of, of hearing your heart through your servant. And we give you praise. We give you thanks for his faithfulness, for, for Dr. Patch's faithfulness, and for his willingness to make the trip from Cleveland to here just so maybe somebody, maybe somebody could hear your call in a clear way. So we pray, our we pray your blessings on Dr. Patch. We pray your blessings on those who have been stirred by the information and the insight and the opportunity that he shared. And then we pray for the people who will be touched by the teachers who teach with the power of the Spirit at work in their lives. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Absolutely. Thank you, Father, for visiting with us. Help us to serve you with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You're dismissed.